Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy. I'm your host for tonight's episode. Match week 37. Um, I can't believe the season's almost set to conclude. Uh, time has gone really, really fast. Well, I say that. There were times during the season where I feel like it was never ending because of Liverpool's terrible run, especially after January. But nevertheless, let's crack on with my review of Match week 37. So, the big game of the week was Chelsea versus Leicester City. So, third against fourth at the time. Now it's a different picture where Leicester have dropped in the league, which I will talk about further in the next fixture. But very important match, nevertheless. Uh, Leicester City won the FA Cup last week, so it added a bit of fire or spice to this fixture. And the match actually started with a controversial incident in the penalty box where Tielemans uh, tripped Werner. So, in my opinion, this was a stole penalty. Uh, I'm not sure why VAR didn't capture that or the referee himself. So, yeah, again, VAR has failed us and no surprise to me, in my opinion. But Chelsea were able to um, get the lead through a goal from Rudiger uh, from a, a set piece. And then Jorginho was able to score from a spot kick with his trademark walk and hop approach, how you would describe it. And then Ian Acho gets the consolation goal late in the game. So, in the end, I guess Chelsea were able to get some level of revenge after the FA Cup defeat over the weekend. As for Leicester City, this result definitely puts their um, status as a top four team in jeopardy right now. Um, I have to be honest, they've bottled it again, in my opinion. Obviously, I'm probably speaking a bit too far-fetched as the final fixture hasn't taken place, but the advantage is for Liverpool at this stage. If Liverpool win, it doesn't matter what result, let's get the last fixture. Liverpool qualify for the Champions League. So for me, it's, it's yeah, I think they bought it again. Uh, but let me know what you guys think, especially Leicester fans. Uh, are you happy with season as you've won silverware? So a lot of teams are hunting down for silverware, including Tottenham and Arsenal. So let me know what you think. If you still, still regard this to be a successful season, I think it is, but the top, top four status for me should have been wrapped up a long time ago. Um, Liverpool shouldn't have had any chance to get close to even trying to uh, mount a challenge, let alone actually possibly get it on the weekend. So, nevertheless, still to play for on Sunday, um, as Leicester actually have a tough fixture against Tottenham, uh, which is never an easy game. So, we'll see how that goes for Leicester City. But, in regards to their challenges for the top four spot, Liverpool, this fixture definitely gave Liverpool advantage where we're able to leapfrog Leicester City to fourth spot in the Premier League. I'll be honest, before this game, I was quite nervous. Not so much fearing the opposition, more to do with the importance of this game. If we drop points, would we still be able to get uh, challenge for Champions League spot on the weekend. But thankfully, I'll be honest, I think we won quite convincingly. It was a great performance by the team. So, Firmino opened the scoreline, fantastic pass by Robinson and a good time to finish by uh, Bobby De Dazzler. And Nat Phillips, who I like to call Fiordini, offers his, his goal tally with a fantastic, powerful header 
a nice cross from Mane on the left hand side. He had a fantastic performance. Defensively, he was, he was very, very good. Very strong in the air. I think this sort of opposition suited his style, as Chris Wood was not going to get a ball from him in any area of chat whatsoever. So this was tailor made for Nat Phillips to really perform. And the third guy itself, uh, Oxford Chamberlain, uh, a late substitute, <coughs> so to speak, uh, finishes the game with a great left foot finish. Uh, so, a three goal difference, which will possibly be a factor depending on how Leicester City do against Tottenham. So, yeah, I think goal difference was a talking point over the weekend. So, I'm quite pleased that we managed to get three goals. <coughs> So Liverpool actually play Crystal Palace uh, at Anfield this weekend with a crowd. So I'm expecting that Liverpool win, but I'll be honest, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Uh, we'll just wait until Sunday and see how it goes. So fingers crossed that, well, I'm a Liverpool fan, so fingers crossed that we do win the game and claim a Champions League spot. And for me, I've said this before, I've said it, I think a couple of months ago, if Liverpool were able to get top four, that's a remarkable achievement for what the team has gone through on a personal level and also on the pitch. The engine crisis that we've gone through, the unfortunate incidents regarding some of the players where family members passed away, it's been a very, very difficult season for everyone. So this would actually be a fantastic achievement if we were able to claim top four. So. Fingers crossed, I hopefully uh, we can cross that line and say that we've actually qualified for the Champions League, so <coughs> that'll be great. But this next fixture, or result I should say, was definitely a surprise of the week. Brighton beating newly crowned champions Man City 3-2, so Man City scored the first goal. With uh, Mahrez putting a nice cross to Gundogan, who finished with a header. Welbeck was brought down by Cancelo, uh, <coughs> so the fullback was unfortunately given a red card. But that didn't stop uh, Man City scoring a second with Phil Foden, a great run, a lovely finish to make it 2 uh, 0. But that sort of spurred Brighton on a bit more. Trossard has just been called up to the Belgian national team, scored a fantastic goal. <coughs> Dribbling past three City defenders and firing to hit the back of the net. Um, and then the second goal was a um, great header by Webster. Fantastic cross by Crows from the right-hand side to equalise and an unlikely goal winner in um, Dan Byrne, who grabbed the winner very late on in the game. Incredible comeback for Brighton, very unexpected. Uh, it's a great win for, for Brighton. I didn't like the way Pep and his staff reacted at the final whistle, where they surrounded Graham Potter at the end of the game. I don't think they had any reason to do that. I think it's just people being sore losing, unfortunately. So, should have shown a bit more class. You know, they won the title. They don't need to kind of react in that way. I know emotions can run high when you're playing. A football match, but I don't think there was any need for that. I think they, sh they should have given a bit more respect to Bryce in terms of they, they won they won the match. Uh, the red card is not on them. 
that's the referee decision. So you can't put it on the manager or the opposition team. So great win for Brighton there. Next fixture, Manchester United versus Fulham 1-1. So had to talk about the goal. What a day she's 40-yard lob by Cavani. Has to be contender for goal of the season. So amazing goal, great technique. I'm probably going to be a bit more joyful now, but I think that goal should actually be ruled offside. Uh, as the ball was played by De Gea, went through towards Bruno Fernandes. But if you look at the replays, he didn't touch the ball at all. So technically, when the ball was played by De Gea, Ryan was offside, so it should be all offside. But nevertheless, from an attacking point of view, brilliant goal, beautiful to see. Fulham uh, were able to equalise with another headed goal from Brian, their left back. Unexpected point, to be fair. As I've seen, I feel like Manchester United look comfortable and they should have actually scored a few more. I just couldn't get the second goal. But good point for Fulham. Uh, trying to get leave the Premier League on a high up here. So, fantastic win for them. Oh, winner is a draw. And then the next uh, fixture is Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. So, that ended 3-1 to Arsenal. So, this game was a farewell to Roy Hodgson, uh, who announced that he will be stepping down from full-time coaching. So, I didn't realise how long he'd been managing. He'd been managing for 45 years, which is unbelievable. So, I'll be brutally honest, I don't have the fondest memories of his reign at Liverpool and it's probably one of the worst I've witnessed since I've been a fan. So, yeah, in terms of personally, not great memories for when he was our manager, but nevertheless, I, I believe he deserves full respect uh, for what he's achieved and he's had an incredible career. So, so farewell to Roy Hodgson. Uh, definitely one of the pioneers of management, especially in football, who actually went abroad to manage Inter Milan, which at the time wasn't common for English managers to do. So, Rob, so Bobby Robson was one of them as well. So he definitely was highly regarded on the first year of the time. Well to him in that regards. But back to the game. Uh, Pepe opened, scored with a great header. Um, nice finish by the Arsenal winner there. Um, very impressive with Pepe actually the last few weeks. He's been really coming into form and seemed like he's found his, found his kind of rhythm within the team. So he's been getting a lot of goals, which is what I believe Arsenal fans would have wanted to see when they first signed him as they spent 70 odd million on the players. So yeah, I guess Arsenal game was hopefully he can continue that for onwards into the next season. But Palace were able to equalize with a bit take a header. Fantastic delivery by Townsend. Um, I feel like Arsenal probably should have defended that a bit better. Uh, but nevertheless, Benfica uh, did what he had to do there. Second, Arsenal goal, Odegaard uh, lifted a ball over the Palace defence to find Martinelli, who pretty much scored an open goal as a uh, point black range for him. Uh, goal of the game has to go to Pepe in terms of his second goal. Fantastic run from the right-hand side. Um, able to skip past a couple of defenders and finish clinically in the bottom of the corner. So this result actually gives Arsenal a slim chance of achieving European football. It's not Europa League, it's the new format um, that we'll start next season, which is the Europa Conference League. So. Well, question for Arsenal fans. Is that something you would like your team to be taking part in next season? Or would you rather uh, miss out and not qualify 
by losing or not having enough points on the weekend. Obviously, don't play to lose, but how much importance do you regard uh, participating in this Europa competition? Because it's pretty much the third tier of European football. So, it is European football in some shape or form? So, let me know your thoughts regarding that. But let's see how the season concludes on, on Sunday and we'll see where everyone finishes and we can talk about it in more detail in the next episode. I've got a comment here from Safe Gwenny. Um, Trent and Bruno to, to Dallas and Mane. I'm chasing 12 points and first place has Trent. So, might take four minus or just dignity. Second question, same maximum or Smith Rock? Also, Kofo or Smith. Okay, so Trent and Bruno to Dallas and Marley. I'm not sure what you're referring to, to be fair. I'm chasing 12 points in first place. I think it's regarding fantasy football there. Uh, Dina to Dallas. I'd go for Dallas. I think Dallas makes a lot of points there. Uh, say maximum or Smith Rowe. Uh, probably good to say maximum. I think he's he's been in form right now. Crawford or Smith. Uh, Crawford for me uh, has been in great form all season to be fair. So yeah. So I have another comment here from uh, mental health guy. Yes, I think more youngsters need to play. Let's regard it as well. Yeah, I think I think Arsenal. That should be their philosophy going forward, where they're nurturing their younger talent because there's plenty of talent coming from the academy. Um, you've got Saka, Martinelli, a good player, Smith Rowe as well. So some good players there. So I definitely feel like um, that is the route to go. Even when it comes to recruitment, I think signing younger players with huge potential is, is the route, rather than signing top players, or not top players, but signing players where there's a slight gamble in terms of if they're coming from a different league, um, will they be able to adapt to the Premier League? And you don't want to pay 70 million like you did for Pepe and it doesn't work out, for example. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting some of us in terms of who they recruit, as there's been numerous rumours, uh, which we can speak about another time. But, yeah, I definitely feel like that is the route to go. Maybe follow the the imprint of Leicester City, we've had for me their recruitment has been fantastic over the last few years. So yeah, that's something worth um, thinking about. We're going to ask there. The next fixture that we'll view is Tottenham and Aston Villa. So this was <coughs> a bit of a surprise. But I know Aston Villa are quite a competitive team this year, but. At home as well, I would have favoured Tottenham to win. They started, they started flying colours with uh, Bergwijn opening the scoreline with a fantastic banger. Great start for Spurs. <coughs> but after that, it went downhill, unfortunately, for uh, Regulant, who, better way to describe it, <coughs> scored a spectacular own goal. Uh, sliced the ball with his weaker right foot. A lucky moment for the player. It is just one of those things that happens. But you can tell that really affected his confidence as his head was on the floor. And I don't think he he managed to respond or react afterwards in a positive manner. So you can tell that mistake was still playing in his mind. 
And then the second goal, <coughs> he was uh, spending too much time on the ball, lost the ball, and he had Watkins, who was able to take advantage and score with a smart finish with Deadpool. So, Spurs actually could equalize later on in the game when Bergwijn smashed the shot on target. <coughs> Excuse me, but great save by Martinez, who made another save uh, when Harry Kane uh, hit shot. But that was a bit of a time, so definitely the keeper had to be in, informed there to save those shots. But Tottenham, it's just it's just a weird one. Um, things look bad to worse. Um, I don't know how I feel about Tottenham fans because. Well, you're thinking they're doing well and they're able to gain some sort of momentum and it just falls apart, unfortunately. Obviously, the change of manager hasn't helped and you've got Ryan Mason, who for me was a bit of a surprise choice. Uh, very inexperienced. I just found out that he's 29 years old, so maybe someone with a bit more experience in the club would have been a better choice at the time, but yeah, a lot of problems at Tottenham at this stage, but and unfortunately it doesn't help in regards to the rumours that Harry Kane might be leaving, so I think it was quite evident that after the, after the game, when Harry Kane was walking around the stadium, him applauding the, the crowd. For me, that was a farewell to the fans. Uh, I can't see him uh, being a Spurs player next season, especially as well, it's not confirmed. I've not heard it from him in the internet, but, like, but he's pretty much come out and said he wants to leave. So, unless Daniel Levy blocks a move, uh, which I'll be honest with you, you can't rule that. He's very tough when it comes to negotiation because he's not going to sell it for cheap. So, my father wants to put my hand in the air. I think Man City are favourites to sign him. They have the stronger financial power to attract him. I guess playing for the champions will be appealing for, for Harry Kane, who's always wanted to win trophies wherever, wherever that next move was going to take. So, so unfortunately, they might be losing their star striker, but at the same time, they don't even have a manager. So, I had a discussion with my friends off, offline, and I felt like there might be some truth in this story. So, it was announced today that Nuno Santo is set to leave. Wolves uh, this season. I think he would be a worthy candidate to take over uh, Spurs because um, no offence to that old manager that we linked that include uh, Scott Parker and Graham uh, Potter as well from Brighton. <coughs> I think Nuno Santo would be a good appointment. Uh, similar to style to where when they approached Pochettino where you can see he, he was playing a good band of football, but maybe he needed to be at a club where he can achieve that next level with better players possibly, or uh, a club that has more financial power. So let's see how things unfold for Spurs in the next few months. So it's going to be very crucial regarding their success in, in coming seasons, to be honest with you. Just got a comment here from Mental Health Guy. Do you think Mbappe to Liverpool is still possible? <coughs> Uh, I don't personally think it's possible. I think as much as I would love to see Mbappe financially, it's just not possible. I think he probably does have a desire to play in the Premier League and Liverpool would be one of the clubs that he would look at. 
but financially, I don't think we can afford him. Transfer uh, fee alone, probably about. I mean, I know he's on his last year contract, so he'd cost about 150 million, definitely around that range. And salary wise, um, I think he'd probably earn twice or maybe more than what our current high earners are at the club. So, would Liverpool want to ruin their wage structure to accommodate Mbappe? I don't think so. I don't think that's the model, uh, especially as our owners at FSG. I don't think that is what they would want to do. But you never know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But we have bad signs for Liverpool. Yeah, expect an un un unannounced episode because I'll be live streaming straight away if that ever happens. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But back to the football. So West Brom and West Ham. So. For me, this was a fantastic win for West Ham. Uh, as this, obviously, they're not able to achieve Champions League qualification, but it puts them in a strong position to claim a Europa League position. And for me, that's a great achievement itself. Just consider how they were playing last year, where they were close to relegation last season. So, for me, it would be a great achievement if they could get top um, a Europa League. And I believe it's fully deserved, especially the way I had it before. Since the turn of the year, they've been fantastic. And the inclusion of Lincoln has really <coughs> helped the team. It's really lifted um, the playing style. The level of play has, has really improved. So, credit to the manager, credit to the players. But back to the game. Uh, not a great start, fortunately. Declan Rice hits the post and misses a penalty. Um, not what you want to do um, so early in the game, but Pereira scores from a corner, so I'm actually not surprised he did this because he tries to do this against Liverpool over the weekend and Alisson was just more aware in terms of what he was trying to do, but unfortunately for Rudolph, he wasn't able to um, keep it out. I think Suset might have had a little touch as it was going towards goal, but yeah, that, that didn't surprise me. As I can tell, he he must work on this on the training pitch, and I guess during this fixture uh, definitely paid off. Uh, two set, well, they're actually able to score um, and equalise, going from close range for West Ham, and then Cresswell whipped in a nice cross. Uh, for me, an underrated player, he has fantastic delivery in the ball. And Ogbana scores from a corner, for me, an easy header. Defending was poor in that regard, he wasn't challenged whatsoever. And then Lingard was able to set up Antonio later on um, who scored um, clinically to help West Ham get the win. For me, the best moment of the game wasn't actually within the game. It was the post-match interview with Sam Allardyce. So <coughs> he took slight offence to Antonio's comments, who basically was referring to uh, Sam, Big Sam's team tactics in terms of how he plays. Um, and then he started ranting about Liverpool as well, um, saying that we play long ball against Liverpool, but it suits that because if you do that against Liverpool, you'll get something. But he didn't win the game, and the winning goal scored by a goalkeeper so pretty embarrassing if you're considering yourself to be a tactician in that regard. But yeah, he still he still seems rattled from the weekend, so I find it hilarious. 
he's used to get older to be fair he's always had an agenda in Liverpool ever since probably Rafa Benitez days so don't really have much time for Sam Allardyce in regards to that but West Ham well done I think that was a fantastic win for them they play Southampton at home so interesting fixture it's not an easy one so it'll be interesting to see where they finish at the end of the season So we've got another comment here from Sebueni, Saleh or Mane or Firmino, would you prefer to leave? Oh, so if you want to put me on a spot like that. Oh, I don't like answering this question because I feel like my answer changes every day. Um, I definitely want to be Salah. I know a lot of people would go for Salah as that, as that guy. Um, I'm a big fan of Bobby for me as well. Money. I can't answer that question to be fair. Uh, I think if I really had to choose, <coughs> probably for me, you know, as, as I said to my favorite players, but the reason being is because we do lack that kind edge in front of goal. And I feel like if we had a proper number nine like a Harry Kane or a Haaland, it would just take our game to the next level. So <coughs> that would be the area that I would consider or that needs improving, to be fair. But yeah, that's not a question I'd like to answer, to be fair. But there you go. I'll answer it for you. So, <coughs> so here is my team of the week. So if you watch my episodes, I do this every week where I select the best players or best moments that I've seen from the week. So. <coughs> Excuse me. So here's my lineup here. So you've got Kiko Casilla. Uh, hasn't made that many appearances for Leeds United this year, but I feel like had a good performance over the week and made some decent saves to help Leeds get the win there. So that's how I've got him in the team. I've actually gone for back four this week. So got Robertson with two assists. I've got Phillips or Fieldini, as I like to call him. Colossal performance and scored a goal. Uh, Burn grabbed the winner for the cha- against the champions and Rudy got scored a nice goal against Leicester. So, <coughs> excuse me, so that's why I'm going there. My midfield, Bergwijn. I know Tottenham didn't win, but I, I love that goal. I think it was just a very instinctive finish, smashed it into the roof of the net. So that's why I'm going there. Willick, another goal. Uh, I don't know if you watched his post match interview. And they were, the fans were just chanting that we want you to stay. Uh, even fantastic signing for them. And not to blow my own trumpet, but that is what I predicted in January. I feel like he was going to make a big impact at Newcastle. So if I was advising, I think he should go there for another long uh, season. I think that would be great for his development. He's such a great player. I've always thought he was a left footed player, but he's actually right footed. But he's so comfortable on the either foot and he's a great finisher. Especially playing as a centre mid, he can really play box-to-box, that traditional style, help out the defense, but really drive forward and score a lot of goals. So, yeah, I don't think he'd be great Arsenal, but I don't know if, if Arteta favors him in that way. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Trossard, very impressive with him. I think he's a good, good player. Uh, fantastic goal. And you've got Pepe, who's got two goals. Second goal is a delight to watch, so. That's why I've got it there. <coughs> and then you've got front two. So you've got Antonio, I've 
got in there for the goal. But I'm also going there because he ran a big sound after the game. So get a thumbs up for me in, the, in that regards. And I've got Cavani for goal of the week, maybe goal of the season, one of the contenders. So four yard love, so you can't rule that at all. So that's why I've got him in my tip of the week. So I've got another comment here from Save Gwenny. Salah Mane for me, I like that. Okay, interesting. Uh, they just don't get along. <coughs> I don't quite buy into that, to be fair. Um, I think because they've had one or two moments on the pitch where it's a bit evident that they've had disagreements or one player has a pass to the other, it just uh, seems a it seems to appear as fans that oh, they don't get along, but I think they're, I think they're perfectly fine. It's just that they're very competitive. They both want to score as many goals as possible, especially Salah, um, where he is, has become more clinical over the years. But I will tell you this, I think the last few weeks, I've seen a different level of play between the front three. And there were a lot of moments during the season where Salah would be in front of goal or approaching goal and the easy option would be to pass to Mane or Firmino and he would take it on and self-share but he wouldn't finish. Same for Mane as well, not Firmino, Firmino is an unselfish player but same with Mane as well. But I think since we've had a slim chance of top four, you can see that they've really worked together and you can see their passing ball. Salah has given assist and so has Mane given assist to Salah in the last few weeks. So. I don't buy into that they don't get along. Uh, it's football. Uh, when you play, you do just have a certain tunnel vision and you want to try and get as many goals, especially Salah, who always has the goal of getting goal to every season. Uh, so he has that sort of striker instinct going that. But Mane is a, is a strength. Salah for me is not done. I disagree with that. For me, Salah is invaluable to his team. I would not sell him for any fee from, from a point of view. Um, Mane has had a bad season, let's not be around the bush, but I still feel like he's got a lot to offer. Uh, but I would say Liverpool need to recruit another attacker that can lead the line and play on the, on the wings as well. So uh, if you're a Liverpool fan, I, I think you might want to watch my next episode. So I'm doing a special episode sometime next week where I'll be reviewing potential transfer targets. Uh, for Liverpool, so it's a special Liverpool episode. Um, so I'll highlight what sort of positions uh, I think Liverpool should invest in, who I can see leaving the club as well. So it'll be a good breakdown of what my vision is for the club next season. And it'll be realistic targets, it won't be, yeah, you know, it's fine, popular names here and there. So you've got some, <coughs> you've got some more comments with Pop Safe. So he says that he will sell both. Interesting. Uh, cash in to get Mbappe. I don't think that Mbappe is realistic. I, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but I was realistic. I just don't see it happening. Uh, it would only happen if we were to sell the All Star players, but I don't. I just don't see that happening. To be fair, uh, <coughs> and we also said Mbappe for me and Jota. Yeah, for, for me personally, I, I wouldn't have Jota as a star. 
I think it's fantastic to have uh, from the bench. And then if there's any injuries or if you've got uh, a heavy schedule, lots of games coming thick and fast, he would be great for rotation. But I would, in my opinion, I wouldn't have him as a number one starter in the team. He doesn't displace anyone from Mane, Salah or Firmino. So in that regards, I wouldn't do that. Would you feel that about I think we should add, uh, this is one of the things that I feel like with local fans, not to uh, highlight yourself, but I'm just speaking in general terms here. Um, we tend to always look at transfer targets where they are the first team players or squad players, but for me, I don't want Liverpool to sell players. I want Liverpool to add more quality to the squad. So keep money, keep Firmino, keep Salah, but add more quality to the squad. Because let's be honest, our bench at times, especially in the attacking half, is pretty awful. And Shakiri, as great as a technical player he is, for me, just doesn't do it for Liverpool. Um, he was bought as a backup or squad player for the right wing position. But for me, he's lost a bit of pace since he's been at Liverpool, so he doesn't have that dynamic uh, playing him whatsoever. Uh, Origi, for me, look, we're not going to forget those moments. Um, against Everton, even Dortmund in the Europa League in the club's first season and uh, obviously the Barcelona one. But for me, um, his time it's, it's time for him to go. I think he's overridden his time. He should probably have left last year. I think we did try to sell him, but we weren't able to get the fee that we wanted um, to sell him. So for me, these players need to be replaced with higher quality players. You can't have a sub worth 40 million with anything. <coughs> I wouldn't even refer to a 4-5 million player, to be fair. Um, I've got a few targets in mind, which I'll speak about in the, in, the, in the special episode that I have lined up. But there's a lot of players across Europe that would literally make a big difference to a team. They don't have to be well-known players, or they don't have to be... <coughs> 45, 50 million type of players, but I think definitely there's a lot of talent out there that we've been linked to as well that I feel like will make a big impact in the team. Right now it's about adding quality and I think especially defence, uh, we need more numbers. Uh, last season we started off with three centre-backs and that was one of our downfalls. So I know Lovren wasn't highly regarded by a lot of fans, but I would uh, if we had stayed, our season would have been a lot different in my opinion this year. So, <coughs> so for me, yeah, it's just it's just a shame in that regards. Get back Wilson earlier. So earlier, I definitely want to see him at, at the club next year. Uh, Wilson, for me, he doesn't have a local future. I think the right is on the wall for him. Probably trying to sell it to championship team. I don't think any Premier League team will even look at him right now, so... Just said it was 45 minutes from then, so... <coughs> I get that, but then you just look at the other teams that were rivaling, they all have players that are worth more than that, their bench players, so... For me, I want the quality players at, the little, at, at, at Liverpool. I don't want to sign just fringe players for the sake of having numbers. I want every player to be quality, so... We've got Michael Edwards, who's been fantastic regarding negotiations over the years. I'm sure he can pull up some great deals. Um, 
with one strong rumour being Panate from uh, Red Bull Leipzig for around 30 minutes. That's a sniff this day and age. So, <coughs> if we were able to sign him, that would be a fantastic sign in my opinion. So, so I'll just say have faith in have faith in the team, have faith in Klopp, have faith in the recruitment team because since Klopp has been in the club, well, I was going to say there hasn't been that many um, signs that have failed. Uh, one name sticks to my mind is Cater. I think he's unfortunate flop, and I have to be brutally honest there. But any other signings for me have been really, really have done really well. They've they've been successful. So so yeah, I'll just say have faith. In the recruitment team, uh, and we'll just see how our summer goes regarding that. So yeah, I can quickly do our review of our fantasy league. So, <coughs> uh, game week thirty-seven. So I was managed. I managed to get. Let me have a quick I didn't have the best of week. Last week I was managed with league, so I was quite proud of that. This year I've got 42 points, but a gentleman in our league had a fantastic week is Jackson Obel Obey. So he has 73 points, so well done Jackson. Uh, great points considering it was a bit of a tight week as they want as many fixtures as normal. So well done to you by that. A couple more comments here from Safe. Uh, where did uh, is Simicas Costas the left back? Uh, Simicas, uh, unfortunately, he had COVID early on when he joined the club and he's just been pl uh, plagued with injuries, unfortunately. So, he I've seen him play for Olympiacos in the Champions League. He seemed like a good player, but he's probably just been unfortunate regarding his injuries there. So, <coughs> so you think that would be a bad sign? I guess in hindsight, if I because the money that we used uh, from the sale of Lovren was actually used to accommodate Silicon. So in that regards, yeah, I, I think it probably is uh, a bad one. But for me, I, at the time, I thought it was a good signing. It happens. He's just unfortunate with injuries, unfortunately. So let's hope he's able to stay fit next year and rotate Robertson because Especially January onwards, there have been so many games where I feel like Robertson just looks so tired and that has affected his form. So he's managed to pick it up in the last few weeks, but for me, he had such a strong start. So it's a, it's a shame that his season has gone the way it has because the team have performed, but at the same time, a lot of the players, not just Robertson, a lot of the players look tired. So I think that's proof to show that we need more numbers, but more quality in terms of our squad because look at our sense back. Positions right now, for example, no Virgil van Dijk, no Joe Gomez, no Matty. <coughs> and then there's drop down, and this is no offense to these players Phillips, Reese Phillips, and Kabak. So Kabak <coughs> is a 19 year old that came from Germany, um, so unproven at this level and in the Premier League. And then you've got Reese Williams, who's a kid, and for me, he has been pushed into the deep end. At a very early stage, so it shouldn't be a thing where he should be playing first in football right now. And then you've got Nat Phillips, who was who was actually close to leaving uh, last summer. He was close to moving to a championship team, so he's been a bit of a surprise at the breath of fresh air. I think his style, his normal style of defending has helped us, especially against teams like Burnley, which we saw over the week. So he might have actually 
help yourself and uh, possibly pay for another year. Who knows? So, so yeah, I I think yeah, in hindsight, you look at it that way, but but it, it just happened. It's just football. You do get you do sign players. It's not guaranteed they'll stay fit or they'll be a success at the club. So it is what it is. In regards to that. So we got a really bad cocktail. So another comment from mental health guy. What are your thoughts on Minamina? Not good enough for Liverpool. So Minamina, I actually quite liked him when, before we joined him, especially when he played against us in the Champions League. Really impressed in terms of his technical ability. I think maybe the Premier League is a bit too much of a high level, but he's done. <coughs> he's done well at Southampton as well. So for me. Might just be Liverpool might be too much of a big step for him. Uh, playing for a big club under huge pressure week on a week in, week out basis. Um, he's not had that chance to play that many games to be fair, but definitely a talent. Um, regards to his future Liverpool, I don't see him at the club unfortunately. I, I could see him uh, leaving in the summer. I think to, a move to Germany would be a good move for him. Like, Maybe Red Bull Leipzig would be a good move, or <coughs> even Spain. Spain wouldn't be a bad one because it's a technical league, so it might suit his ability there. But yeah, I don't. I, unfortunately, I am a fan of Benavina, but I just don't see a future at the club, unfortunately. But a shame. Uh, I think he's a good player. <coughs> so that actually wraps us up for this episode. So. Um, as you know, the season concludes on Sunday, so Monday will be a jam-packed episode, so please uh, do tune in, um, I have a lot of content for that day, so I'll just give you a brief sort of outlook of what I'll be talking about, so we'll be reviewing the main games or moments with the last fixture, I'll also present my uh, normal match of the, uh, team of the week that I do, as well as the team of the season, uh, player of the season, young player of the season, uh, manager of the year, and signer of the season. So I'll do a breakdown of what I, who I feel that are the players for those categories. Uh, and with Euros coming up in the summer, uh, I'll do a breakdown of the <coughs> of who I think. Uh, England should have in the Euro squad um, as the squad gets announced next Tuesday on the 25th. So, uh, so that'll be something I'll do as an extra content for you guys. But And also, sorry, not to forget, I'm actually doing a viewer calling session as well on Monday. So if you'd like to take part, uh, please feel free to DM me uh, and I'll give you the details of how to participate. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at aussie.ftp or you can follow me on Twitter at Aussie FTP, uh, DM me, feel free to chat to me and then I'll let you know what to do um, to get on the show. Um, got a comment here, please answer. <coughs> just go through the comments, we've got quite a few. Trent and Bruno to Dallas and Marnie. So, uh, Philip. 
the Abelians, I'm not sure what you're referring to here. Uh, yeah, sorry mate, I'm not sure what you're referring to here, so we'll have to leave it at that for today's episode. But if you've enjoyed the episode, if you enjoyed the content, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. Um, thank you for listening or for watching. Uh, look forward to the last game of the season. Fingers crossed, Liverpool win. Uh, yeah, see you next Monday. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.